We've had moments in our lives when we've wished we could go back in time to when life was less complicated, less stressful, before some kind of crisis hit, before some catalyzing event occurred that has since changed your life forever. We've thought about that during COVID or before these years of intense polarization. Both personally and societally, we wish we could restore things back to the way they were before fill-in-the-blank happened. But what if the goal of your life was meant to be more than just restoration, but resilience? Not just to build up things the way they were before, but to build up your capacity to endure for the long haul. Wouldn't that be better? This past week, I read an update on Joplin, Missouri, a city whom you may remember was devastated by a mile-wide tornado in May 2011. It killed 161 people in less than an hour, wiped out much of the city, including all its cherished landmarks and iconic buildings. It crushed the town's spirit, and federal officials warned that the city should expect to have 25% of its population move away left many of its residents asking the question many have faced in recent months, what's next? Where do we go from here? But instead of going back to the way things were before the tornado hit, Joplin is now a different city. The population is even higher than it was before. It has facilities and services it never had in the past, new medical and dental buildings, a center for the arts, new community parks and trails, and houses that have been built to withstand severe weather. The lives lost can only be honored and remembered, but throughout Joplin, the buildings, the city, the citizens, the spirit of the city have not simply been restored, but people have become more resilient. I pose this to you as a metaphor for your life. Whatever the trauma may be, that has pushed you and I to long for a restoration of the past, is it possible that God is calling you and me to something even greater, an opportunity to become better and stronger for the long haul? For the next five weeks, our worship series is rooted in a single word, resilience. To explore that theme, we will be gaining biblical truths from one of the most resilient and unsung heroes in the Bible, Nehemiah. He's tucked in a more obscure section of the Old Testament. He is bookended by giants of the faith, David and Elijah before him, Esther and Job after him. We would easily skip past his story, but it is a story worth mining for the deep and profound truths that we need in this moment to discover how to live a more resilient life. His story, interestingly enough, is set in a city that has also experienced widespread destruction and devastation, not from a tornado, but from an invading army from Babylon, which wiped out the beloved city of Jerusalem around 600 BC. When it was all over, the temple was destroyed and most of the Israelites were carted off into exile into a foreign land. And it was during that long exile that the people of God were longing for restoration, longing to go back, back to life before the destruction. 
And then after nearly 70 years in exile, the Hebrews received their chance to go back. Their captors, the Babylonians, were defeated by the Persian Empire and the new ruler, King Cyrus, instituted a new policy. No longer were the Israelites to be held captive in exile, but they could go back to their devastated city and resume life in Jerusalem. And that is where we first meet the man named Nehemiah. He was one of those exiles serving in the king's royal palace. And he not only received word about the possibility of returning to Jerusalem with the people, he also heard about the uninhabitable conditions back in Jerusalem. He heard about the rubble and the ruins of the buildings. And at the opening of the book of Nehemiah, there was one thing he heard about that broke his heart. The condition of the walls around the city that were crumbled to ruin. For the Israelite people, a city's walls not only served as protection, it was a symbol of identity. It defined who the city was and what they believed about God. When the prophet Isaiah was offering comfort to the exiles, God said to the people, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. So, when Nehemiah heard about the condition of the walls of the city, in today's scripture reading, it says he wept. But Nehemiah also believed something important. He knew that it was not enough to restore those walls to the way they were before. They needed to rebuild the spirit of resilience in the people and trust in God in everything those walls symbolized. Resilience was more important than restoration. So as we read through this story together over the next five weeks, you can make connections to the aspects of your life that need more resilience and even dream about aspects of our city and our society and world that need to be made more resilient. And by the time we get to the end of the story, we will see that wall rebuilt, a mighty 27-mile-long half a football field deep wall, an amazing public works project completed in an astonishingly short 52 days. We will hear next week about intense criticism and undermining he received from others and learn how to face our critics. He will discover the power of delegating and working together, and we will learn about the power of spiritual friendships two weeks from now. And at the end of the day, we will discover that the most amazing transformation that took place in Jerusalem was not the restoration of its wall, but the new resilience and faithfulness in its people. That's the life we want. And it begins today, just 11 verses in, where we learn the very first step in building resilience in our lives for the long haul. A life of resilience begins with prayer. Before any brick was laid or any mortar set, Nehemiah began with opening his heart to God in prayer. So let's listen for God's word in today's scripture reading. It takes place right after Nehemiah first hears the report of the condition of the walls in Jerusalem. In verse 3, he hears, The survivors there in the province who escaped captivity are in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. And here's what happens next. Listen for the word of God from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. 
This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, that I now pray before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have offended you deeply, failing to keep the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are under the farthest skies, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place at which I have chosen to establish my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeem by your great power and your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. At the time, I was cupbearer to the king. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. The first thing Nehemiah did was empty his heart out in prayer. He knew the trauma was greater than his ability to face it alone. He knew that the problems were too great, the challenge too daunting to begin to handle it on his own. So he prayed. He prayed a prayer of desperation, confession, and hope. Your prayers to God matter. They, they name reality as you see it so that you can see possibility as God sees it. Prayer opens your heart and mind to God so that God can begin to show you what is possible. Because after Nehemiah prayed that prayer, something amazing happened. God not only heard Nehemiah's prayer, God answered Nehemiah's prayer with a surprising response. A month later, Nehemiah discovers that God was calling him to be the answer to his own prayer. The spiritual principle to building a resilient life is this. God is calling you and empowering you to be the answer to your own prayers. In the next chapter, King Cyrus asked Nehemiah why his heart was so troubled. And after more prayer, Nehemiah responds, please, king, send me to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the city. Let me go back with a band of fellow Israelites and rebuild the wall that has been destroyed. Friends, you may have a hard time believing this, but when you pray for a need for someone else or for the world or, or even for yourself, the answer to your prayer may lie in allowing yourself to be used by God to be the answer to that prayer. Your prayer may be what God needs to prepare you to be the solution. Just ask Chloe Coney. Dr. Coney is the president and chief operating officer of the Corporation for Developing Communities in Tampa, which she founded 30 years ago to alleviate the poverty and physical deterioration in the communities of East Tampa. She had been enrolled in a Bible college with her husband 
and she was pursuing a master's degree in biblical counseling when, just like Nehemiah, God placed a burden on her heart for the city. And it wasn't just a vision for restoring the city, but building resilience for the lives of its people. And just like Nehemiah, her vision began with prayer. Let's hear her story. Come, let us go in the city and rebuild the wall so we'll no longer be the reproach of the city. We make a great team. We, we do you. make a great team. I'm serious. That was a wonderful introduction. And like Nehemiah says, let us come back. Yes. Come back. And I'm telling you, when you read Nehemiah mm. and how he had a burden, we have to start with a burden. Yes. A burden and a passion for whatever God's assignment is for us. Come, let us go in the city and rebuild the wall so we'll no longer be the reproach of the city. You see me do this finger like this many times. <laughs> we are no longer going to be the reproach of the city. And God said, rise up. How did you keep going? Because it was, it was a challenge. East Tampa was a tough place back then. So how did you keep going? Vicki, I like to say, in reading Nehemiah, the first thing he did, he prayed. Yes. And lo and behold, that thing you're seeking is also seeking you. I'm sure that there could have been resistance along the way. How did you keep going? You have to be fully persuaded that God called you. All we have to do is seek God and know that this is our calling and knowing that it's our time. It's your time. So that's what I say to the young people. I love mentoring the next generation because it's about keeping this legacy going. So I'm praying that God will raise up some more Nehemiahs, some more Joseph, some more Deborahs, and some more biblical, you know, uh, uh, characters in the Bible that God want to raise up. And we'll take on their spirit and assignment and know that it will be brought to pass. Dr. Coney is a stirring witness to the power of prayer and the possibility that God is empowering you, just like God empowered Dr. Coney and Nehemiah to be the answer to that prayer. Now, just how we can do that, even against the odds, is the subject of the rest of our worship series together. For now, know that when you pray for the needs of others, God may be preparing you to be the person that will take a firm stance and refuse to let hard times prevail any longer and become the source of resilience that you and others have been praying for. Let's pray. 
God, you are still rebuilding lives today. We know your desire is for us to be more than what we are and even more than what we have been. Build in us more faithfulness, more endurance, and more a desire to love you and others. Grant us your spirit of resilience, and may it be rooted in faithful prayer each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.